Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. As you can tell from the slightly different style of music, this is going to be a slightly different style of episode. It's something we call Story Chat, where we sit down with an author, a filmmaker or any kind of storyteller really, and talk to them about their life and their work in a real fun and laid back way. So sit back, relax, unless you're going for a jog, then run faster. It's story time. Right, well, welcome to the show, everyone. We have Eleanor Wagner with us. Um, I hope that's how we pronounce your name, is it? It is. You got it perfectly. Perfectly. Uh, we have a little bit of a language barrier here because we're Australian and you're American. It's almost the same language, but not. <laughs> Yours um, sounds much more nicer, much more beautiful than mine. That's for sure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Um, well, <laughs> before we, we've got a whole lot of icebreaker questions for you just for fun. But um, before we dive in, why don't you tell us about yourself, what you do, where you're from? I, I live in New Jersey in the United States. Born and raised in the Bronx, though, in New York. So don't get me mad because you'll hear the accent come out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> even even though I've been in New Jersey for 30 years, you can't take out the New York in me. That's the, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I work in kindergarten during the day, but I'm a paranormal investigator by night. I'm an author. I've written four books. My first one is paranormal romance fiction, but my last three have been true life accounts on ghostly hauntings in the community in my area. Um, I do have a children's series coming out, but I'm not going to say that I've written that yet until it's published. It's with the illustrator right now, but that's, you know, not on my, my list yet. But, um, you know, I've been a writer for a really long time, but it started taking off with the, the hauntings books. People have started to recognize who I am because of that. So I haven't stopped writing the paranormal romances, but uh, the hauntings are what are grabbing people's attention. So. Yeah, well, it, it is a topic that everyone seems to be fascinated in, no matter where they are in the world. Um, yes. People like to yes. get scared and, and you know, that's 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 the main thing. And I'm a, I'm a bit of a, I haven't done anything myself, but I'm a, um, I love my horror. I love my true, true paranormal. And so that's why I was really, really excited to get to have a chat with you and, um, and uh, yeah, find out some of your, your stories. Well, thank you. Well, I, I'm a horror buff too, just like you. I mean, that's what I started writing. I went to school to write for children, believe it or not. So the children's <laughs> series, I have to publish a children's book because I started going to school for that. But my heart was always in horror. I mean, I read Dean Koontz, Stephen oh, King, yep. John Saul. Those were my go-tos and still are to this day. Oh, me too. Yeah. And when I say I write paranormal romance, I'm talking there's a lot of horror in the paranormal romance. There's always something going on that's going to take that twist that a Dean Koontz book would or a Stephen King. So, you know, don't let paranormal romance scare you, put it that way. Yes. It's not just it's not just two two ghosts with their shirts off on the front. It's actual proper stuff. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, great. Oh, that's good. And the um the haunting stuff, everybody likes a good ghost story. I mean, out my favorite place in New Jersey is Cape May. I'm not sure if you're familiar familiar with New Jersey at all, but Cape May, New Jersey is kind of like stepping back in time. When oh, wow. you go there, it's this Victorian town with all the houses that have been 
remodel to their natural grandeur and they have horse and buggy down the street. I mean, you step back in time and it's well known for being haunted. And whenever we visit, I go to the local bookstore to buy the latest book on all the hauntings that have come up in stories around Cape May. So, you know, when I was writing my second paranormal romance, when I hit kind of like a writer's block, I knew the beginning, middle and end, but I just wasn't moving forward. And the thought about ghost stories came into my head and I'm going, why didn't I think about this before? (laughs) So anyway, I was telling you, I was um, in the middle of writing that second supernatural romance when I kind of hit a writer's block and thought about writing a ghost story because I knew that Sussex had to have been haunted because I had a shop that was haunted. So I put it out on social media. I put it out on social media and I said to everybody, Hey, you know, who would be interested in telling me their ghost stories for a book about hauntings in Sussex County. And my phone didn't stop dinging for weeks. People were just messaging me and I thought it was going to be one book, but I'm currently writing Sussex County hauntings three. (laughs) And I started developing folders because I was getting people telling me about different counties in the area. So I was writing about Sussex County, but I was getting people sharing stories about Warren County, Pike County, Passaic County, Mars County. I'm like, well, these are all going to eventually be books. And I just released in October at, on Halloween, Warren County hauntings and other strange phenomena. So, you know, I'm going with the flow. <laughs> well, it sounds like there's no short shortness of material and stories out there. So no, definitely not. And, you know, I mean, I do get people that, message me with the oh I hear footsteps and <laughs> oh which is the door is shut you know but that's that's not to me something that I want yeah. to write about it's because you hear that all the time it's got to be yeah. a good story for me to put it in the book yeah exactly. and for me to be able to write three books they got to be good stories right yeah, yeah exactly that's, that's it um right, what do you say we tackle these uh, icebreakers yep sure okay so the first one is if you could get rid of one thing in the world, what would it be? Um, hands down cruelty and especially cruelty to innocence, animal cruelty and yeah. cruelty to children. People suck. Yeah. We <laughs> are the worst animal, seriously. Yeah. And how people could even think of being cruel to anyone, never mind an innocent animal or child. So that's what would be the first thing I'd get rid of if I could. 100%. I'm on board with that. Number two, uh, tell us something on your bucket list, something you've always wanted to do but haven't yet done. Well, I really, really, you're telling me something that I haven't done, but it, it has to do with paranormal investigating, okay? <laughs> My bucket list is going to Scotland or Ireland because I, I would love to visit, but to go on a paranormal investigation there with my lady Ghostbuster team. That, that's the thing. To hit one of the castles or abandoned yeah, uh, jails or something like that would be the coolest thing on my bucket list for sure. That's a good one. I'll agree yeah. with that as well. So well done. <laughs> uh, so the That's next right. one is uh, a bit off the beaten path. So what's the greatest sitcom ever made? Okay, I have to talk about two. One that's, that's current. Yep. More current and one that's back away. Yep. I love Lucy hands down. Best mm-hmm. sitcom. I could still watch it today and be laughing hysterically more recently Seinfeld yeah I'm a Seinfeld I'm a Seinfeld buff yeah love Seinfeld absolutely love it couldn't ask for a better we actually just finished watching we we just finished watching the the finale (laughs) 
wow. We've been watching them one right after the other. And we just watched the finale again after all these years, which was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. that's good. I've got I've got the limited edition um full box set which comes in a fridge. The sign for oh. Yeah, I paid a bit of money for that, but yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Great, great answer. <laughs> All right, now, now you liked now, it. <laughs> <laughs> now now for one that everyone should think about, but probably shouldn't think about. Uh, do you have a zombie apocalypse plan or know what you would do if you were thrown in that situation? You gotta have a plan for the apocalypse, especially with the current situation of the world today. My family has a designated spot where we will convene if we need to be. So if we have to go somewhere, we've got a designated spot where we're all going to convene. And we'll fight to survive, if, even if it kills us. Can yeah. I argue with that? No. Great. Great answer. And the very last one <laughs> might, might throw you a little bit. So Elon Musk has okay. just offered you to test drive a new electronic electric time machine. What do you do? <laughs> I go for it. And then I take myself back to the Victorian area era because that's what I connect with the most. Yeah. And uh, with all my knowledge, I stay there. <laughs> you stay there <laughs> and live a lovely life in the Victorian era. Yeah. Exactly. I, hey, I might have some ideas that'll make me some money and then I'll ah. be set and I can just live writing whatever I want to do 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> that's actually a good answer. I like yeah, that. No, I like right. that. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you have passed the icebreaker <laughs> test. Um, so now let's give the people what they, they, hear it. they, they want. So uh, just tell us, um, where did your fascination with the paranormal begin? This actually just came up recently in a discussion. I was in the seventh grade and the teacher gave an assignment to the students to write a poem. We'd never written anything before. My poem was on ghosts, ghouls, witches, and goblins. I still have that original poem from the seventh grade in my memory chest. And when I was writing Warren County Hauntings, the thought came up about the dedication to the book mm -hmm. and social media, you know, it has its advantages and it disadvantages, it's disadvantages, right? The advantage yeah. is it connects you with people that you haven't spoken to. So I was on this old page from my neighborhood and said, oh my gosh, I would really love to reconnect with Mrs. O'Connor, my seventh grade teacher. And one of my old friends says, she's on this page. I'm like, what? Wow. He's like, yeah. So he finds her and connects us again. So I reconnected with that seventh grade teacher. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to dedicate the book to her. So I did. And when it came out, I didn't say anything to her. I just asked her for her mailing address and sent her a copy. And she was just overjoyed. Because, you know, for a teacher to inspire somebody, to do something, no matter what it is, I'm sure is a wonderful feeling for them. And it really meant the world to me. So seventh grade was when it started. And it started with poetry. And it went into short stories. And then it went into my first book, which is that supernatural romance I was telling you about, which I wrote about in 1992. When I first we were married, we were living by ourselves without any children at that point. And I had this idea to write this book. And I did, and I stuck it up in a closet. And then we had our two children and I took all those years and raised them. I was a stay-at-home mom, Girl Scout mom, 4-H mom, women's group runner, um, play group head. I had all that stuff that I did. didn't write another thing. Social media, once again, 2014 reconnects me with friends from high school and grammar school. One of my friends from high school says he wrote a book and he had it published. And I was like, what? 
So here I was like real happy for him, but I was still really envious too, because I had that book that was up in the closet. Mm-hmm. So I confessed to him, guess what? I wrote a book too. He's like, really? What did you do with it? I said, it's up in my closet. He goes, get that thing down. Mm-hmm. So I did. And he said, you got it. You have to send it into my publisher. And so I did. So that first book was originally published with a small publishing firm in uh, Florida. Uh, but then I ended up breaking away from the publisher and published my hauntings books independently. So I'm an independent publisher. And now I haven't stopped writing since, since that book came out. I just mm. haven't stopped. My kids are full grown. Now I have a 23 year old and 26 year old and now I can. So <laughs> excellent. You got nothing but time to keep pumping them out. <laughs> That's right. Excellent. That's right. Oh wow! Well, that's 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 that's. I really like that, and I've I've actually bought a couple of your books and on the the Sussex Hauntings. I'm looking forward to cracking into those shortly. So oh, I'm thank you. I haven't I'm started so yet. I've I've just been down with COVID for the last week and a half. So unfortunately, oh. I'm looking to get to get. I'm all good now. I'm looking to get stuck into those because I love those kind of books. Um, well, you know what? You know what's good about them is that I uh, I talk a little bit about the history of the town. So if oh. if something took place in in Sussex or Wanage where I live, I talk a little bit about the history of the town, and then if I have um, history information about the location, then I'll tell you about the two because some of the houses that I talk about are from like the 17, 1800s, and there is historical information about them. Then I'll tell you about the people's experience in that building and if we're invited in as a paranormal team then i get to tell you about what happened while we were there so it's like all fun and then i throw pictures in that because people love pictures oh definitely yeah but it's yeah so like- i like to say I, I like to i like to describe the books as um um celebrating the landscape of of life and the souls that reside there well that's good you're getting the whole overall fit you're getting the history and then you're also getting the history of the paranormal incidents that have occurred which is best kind of combination then you can you're going to learn more about it so that's absolutely fantastic well my next question is being a paranormal investigator and part of the lady ghostbusters and everything does anything really still creep you out creep me out uh well you know most of the time my our experiences have been really good okay when you do when you do get an angry spirit though it it does does creep me out but the worst experience I think that I've had is when you go to an investigation looking for a paranormal situation in the building and you find out that it's the person that's haunted that's really creepy Ooh, okay because and you know some we've had a couple of situations like that and you know at that point you realize it's the person that's haunted and are they going to be receptive to it or not and we've had both we've had where we've told people and they're like, no, you know, my house is haunted, not me. Never mind that, you know, the last house that they lived in, the <laughs> house before that, the house before that was all haunted, yeah. Yeah. but it's not them. It's those houses. And then you have the person that's really grateful that you've told them. And they're like, well, what can I do? How can I get rid of this thing? You know, so you kind of talk them through what they have to do to help unload this attachment. Yeah. But that's pretty scary. Well, that yeah. would be. You hear those stories of, especially when the, you know, when the spirit or the entity is grafted onto the person, not not mm-hmm. even where they're located. They think, oh, look, we're going to sell everything, we're going to move, we're going to go halfway across the country, and then it starts happening all over again. Mm-hmm. Spirits like, can I and come too? Some, <laughs> and some people are in denial. They they yeah. just really think that they just pick these haunted places. And you know what else is creepy? What's that? When 
you as a paranormal investigator accidentally bring something home with you. Oh. That's another thing. Yeah. See, when I first started out doing this, I mean, I have to say that I, I, I was really a novice and kind of went in head first. And although I did recruit people to be on my team who have had experience, I was still in the learning stages. Mm. I mean, I am sensitive, but I'm not nearly as gifted as these people on my team. And I'm just getting better over time. But I was still a novice in learning and I was coming home and we were having like, um, we were having, um, we would wake up in the middle of the night paralyzed and my daughter, when she started experiencing, I'm like, okay, I got to do something about this. So the next thing I'm doing, I'm saging around the whole house and I'm salting the house and I'm thinking, okay, what can I do to protect myself when I do go on another investigation? Because we do say a prayer and tell them they're not supposed to come home with us, but yeah. okay who's they might not all listen yeah, so exactly. now I, I now if you can see i have a charm around my neck it's a it's a kinsey kinsey charm I, okay. I wear this all the time and then i have my quartz bracelet that i wear all the time and i do put on um protective oil whatever i can do to help plus i do sage regularly i have to wait until my husband's out of the house because he can't stand <laughs> the smell so i kind of have to sneak around the house the sage but i don't want us to have any of those episodes anymore because that's really creepy yeah. That would be, and you know, dealing with the dealing with the the kind of spirits and entities that you would be on the investigations, you know, chances are something's going to come home with you, and you want to make sure you can prevent that from, you know, because that could cause all kind of trouble. Yes. Yep. So, um, speaking of your investigative work, just um, do you want to tell us about your team, about what you do, and um, how you recruit and all that? Yeah. Funny story. I was writing the book in 2019. And as I mentioned to you, a lot of the stories came through social media and people sharing their stories. Well, one person led me to another person, led me to another person. And I never turned a story away because it might be the big one. So I had this connection with the president of a mine called the Sterling Hill Mines in Ogdensburg, New Jersey. It's a non-functioning mine now. And it's a museum that a lot of the schools use to bring children to go and see what it's all about and learn the history of. But at one point it was a functioning mine. And for a long period of time, they recorded the deaths mm -hmm. in the mines, but before they were recorded, they didn't. And there were hundreds of deaths apparently that were never recorded. And he and I are having this conversation and, and he's telling me how he's a scientist and he can't explain the stuff that's happening to him. He's not supposed to believe it, but there's definitely something going on. And he says to me, you know, I would really love it if you brought your paranormal team in and had an investigation in the mines and in the buildings here. And I was like, oh, that's great. Thank you. I'll definitely arrange that. I'm going, I don't have a paranormal <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going, Okay, so I'm arranging this with him and I'm like, I got to get our old team together. So I like to go away with my girlfriends on like these weekend joints to go to different buildings to go investigate. Yep. And at one point we were on we were on this like little uh, paranormal show where they had the cameras in our rooms and the black room and all that. And we met that team and they were kind of local and I had kept in touch with a couple of them. And I said, you know, I'm gonna reach out to them and see if they want to come on this adventure. So I, I got three of those, those people to come. And then I decided, I always trust my gut. This is the perfect opportunity for me to ask some of the people that I interviewed, just ordinary people like you and I, if they wanted to have an adventure. And there were five women that I had spoken to that were really crazy sensitive that had 
some fantastic stories who have had experiences and, and some history with paranormal investigating for years. I said, you know what, I'm going to throw it out to them. I know they don't know me because I've just interviewed them for my book, but I'll say, look, this opportunity fell into my lap and would you like to come? And three out of the five women took me up on my offer oh, wow. and they are still with me today since that original investigation. So we started out with kind of three, four, six people, maybe as the lady ghostbuster team, because I just started calling us the lady ghostbusters. <laughs> and then now we're up to 20 members oh, wow. and some of them are men. There are select few men who don't mind being part of the lady ghostbuster team. Um, and, you know, we, we, not everybody goes on all of the same investigations because we all have our regular weekly jobs, but uh, on the average, we probably have maybe seven or eight of us go on an investigation. The core team of women is seven women, um, but we're ordinary people just doing this on, on the side to help ghosts become acknowledged and bring together the people that live in the homes that once belonged to the ghosts to try and have them live amicably with one another. And look, if you can do that, you know, that essentially not, not every ghost or entity or anything, you're going to be able to move on. They're, they're going to be here and they're here for a reason. And if you can bring, if you can teach them to live amicably, that's half the battle there. Well, you know what? I don't always want to get rid of them. I want to see if they want to go. Yeah. If they want to go, we'll help them to the light. Mm -hmm. But if they don't want to and they want to stay behind, they were there first. Yeah, exactly. So the people that the, the people that bought the house that came in, they're really the invaders. So what we what we try to do is we try and explain to the spirit who these people are, because a lot of the time the spirit sometimes, sometimes more often than not, they don't know that they're dead. So you got to kind of slowly work your way to it and explain to them that they are and that this is not their bar anymore. It's a, it's a family home, that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, explain to them, you know, what we're there for. Do they want to tell us something? Most of the time, they just want to be acknowledged. They just mm -hmm. want to be a part of the, you're in their home. You're messing with their yeah. things. That's why when there's renovations, that's why there's most activity that occurs during renovations because you're messing with their shit. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> coming into their house and moving their furniture so you around. know my our goal is to really yeah yeah <laughs> so our goal is to really make them understand what's going on tell them they can move on if they want to and if not bring the homeowners and the spirit to a, an amicable understanding Excellent. Well, this, this next question is not actually on one of the lists, but it's come up because of what you were talking about. Um, how, how, if two part question, how many investigations in the field would you say that you and your team do per year? And often how, how long do they last? And, and is it, I'm assuming it'll be different each time, depending on how cooperative the entity is. Uh, but yeah, how, roughly how many would you do a year? I, I've gotten to the point where I'm seeking out investigations. Okay. A lot of the times it's people emailing me if they've read my books and they'll send me evidence that they've uncovered a video or audio and say, this is going on. Can you bring your team in and help us out? So we'll do an investigation that way. We've gotten so hooked on investigations mm -hmm. now that I try to have one at least once a month during the summer when I'm home because school's out, I'll try and do one every week. Mm -hmm. But it just depends on how quickly I can locate 
somebody who's ready and willing to allow us to come into their building. And I do try and connect with the, the historical societies because a lot of those have been turned into museums. And I, I'm all about historical preservation. And what I try to do also with my books, because I talk about a lot of history in my books too, I like to help out those historical books. It's haunted and I have stories about it. I actually offer it to the historical society so that they can make some money to raise for the building because everything's for on donations. I don't know if it's like that in Australia, but the historical societies don't have funds. It's all on donations. So whenever they have fundraisers or some sort, they use that money to put on say a new roof or yeah. fix the siding or repair or something. And um, any way that they can get the funds, we do it. Like I have an, I have an investigation coming up in a couple of weeks in one of the old historical buildings in um, a county nearby where um, we're going to offer the public an opportunity to come in and meet the Lady Ghostbusters and do a paranormal investigation to raise funds for their building. So so in answer to your question, how many do we do? It really, really depends. We have a full load during June, July, and August, Mm -hmm. and it slows down during the winter months, especially since we live in the mountains and we get snowed in a lot. So uh, I was finding we'd book something and it would get canceled. Um, Before COVID, we were booked solid and then it just stopped. It was like, oh my God, there was nothing. People were afraid to do anything. We weren't afraid of ghosts anymore, just just the virus. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we have, we have plenty of ghost tours out in Australia, or at least we used to, you know, before COVID hit. Um, there was even a place down uh, just across the New South Wales border in Victoria, and they said, oh, you can spend the night in the old um, asylum for however much. Oh, that's yep. cool. That was very popular. Yeah. Um, lots of ghost stories from Victoria. <laughs> mm, I'll bet. Um, yeah, so um, let, let's talk about... Um, your books um just want to pick one of your favorite stories that's in there that might give us the chills okay in sussex county hauntings and other strange phenomena the first one there is a chapter on assisted living which kind of led me to the other strange phenomena chapters too because um hospital haunts and that sort of thing are intriguing to people and you got to understand that like doctors and nurses they see a lot of stuff i mean if you actually sat down and had a conversation with them where where someone was willing to talk about it you'd hear a lot of stuff well Mm -hmm. it just so happens that one of my lady ghostbusters is a nurse Mm -hmm. and when i first met her she was just this random person that said i'm very sensitive and i have had a lot of stuff happen and i'm a nurse and i was like oh my god i want to hear it and what her story, the, one of her stories that I wrote about in the first book is, is really cool. It's um, seeing death. And she worked in an, an assisted living nursing home with elderly people. And she saw a lot of it. But when I say she saw death, I mean, she saw death. <laughs> she saw death come for the residents. And she knew when they started seeing this uh, regular death was nothing really to be afraid of. You know, he was kind of like, this tall being. And when he started visiting a resident, she knew that within two weeks, that resident was going to die. But the one time that she saw um, the bad side of death, you know, the one that's going to take you down below rather than up above, she explained that he was a Nosferatu looking like creepy thing. And it freaked, it freaked her and the other nurse out. 
so much when they saw it that the other nurse who wasn't sensitive and just saw this thing was on her knees praying, hysterical crying. That's how scared they were. And the resident that this thing was coming for was a nasty bitch in life. She was, she was a nasty woman. She treated the nurses. I mean, she used to make Deb take her toothbrush and scrub the floor because she could this old lady. So you can kind of get a taste of what the woman was like. And it's no wonder that this Nosferatu thing was coming to take her down below. You know what I mean? But when this old lady saw it, she was screaming, help me, help me. Right. So Deb and this other nurse run into the room to go see what the hell's going on. They turn on the light and they see this thing hovering over her. And when it turn towards them and look at them. They see these bright piercing red eyes and it kind of like just swooped itself up and went out through the wall. And they were like, like, holy shit, what was that? Right. And so now they're trying to calm down this lady. Oh, you, it was just a dream. It was just a nightmare. So they, they calm her down. They go into the bathroom, they lock the bathroom door and they're like up against the wall going, Oh my God, what the hell was that? And the one, like I said, she got down on her knees and she was hysterical crying, like praying. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Didn't want to stay for the next shift by herself because she didn't know what the hell it was. And um, sure enough, within a couple of days, that lady was dead. Wow. So you know where she went. You know where she yeah. went. She was going downstairs, <laughs> not upstairs. Mm, that's right. She'd be the one with the toothbrush. That's right. Yeah, that would be her <laughs> internal damnation. She'll be doing the toothbrush cleaning, the floor cleaning with the toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope so. That's right. Um, yeah, so it's around goes around. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. So that's obviously one of one of your favorite stories in that book. And I'll look yeah. forward to reading that. So are there any stories that didn't make the cut, whether that it was just you were getting too much bad energy or you know, any, any for any reason whatsoever that they just you just like, I'm not, I'm not willing to put this on the paper. No, when it came to stuff like that, it was just because when I'm, when I'm getting down to the nitty gritty and I'm writing a story, if I need clarification on details, if I can't get back in touch with the person and I'm emailing and I'm cool and I know I'm just not going to put the story in because I want the story to be full. I want it to have all of those details for the reader. And if person is not willing to get back in touch with me to fill in those details, then it's not going to make the cut. But most of the time I... I like to eat the books at like 225 pages, give or take, because nowadays the attention span and the time frame for people to read is much smaller. So a 200 page book is much easier for them to get through like that, as opposed to say a 400 book. So I stop them at that. And if, if I have some leftover, I'll save them for the next time around. I am working on a story now though, that, that I'm going to put in three that I, I I've gotten from an elderly man. He's in his eighties and, and, this was a no coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe every time I meet somebody, the connection, there's a reason for it. And if somebody reaches out to me, I'm meant to tell their story. So this old guy, he, he's, he's in his 80s. I think he said he's 86. And he's got this fantastic back history. I mean, he's uh, a, a um, meddled veteran who suffers from PTSD and he has his own history that's amazing his family's history his grandfather that he's unearthed now is major interesting from the UK worked for the queen and was with Lawrence Arabia I mean that kind of stuff in his grandpa's history but until he researched it he never knew anything about his family and they never wanted to talk about it 
Mm. And it was very strange to him and it bothered him so much. And he ended up having this paranormal experience because it affected him so much. He was like, gods of the ancestors, tell me who I am. And he had this freaky experience, which is what I'm going to write about. And I want to write about it. But it's the crazy stuff that comes out of it that I'm really nervous about because there were two two murders that are connected to people digging too deep into his family history. One of them being his sister dying like, in, in strange circumstances that are similar to his grandfather. And it's like, he said, yeah, you got to be careful because somebody knows something that they don't want anybody else to know about. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I can, I kind of, I have to tread very lightly when I'm writing this story because I don't want anyone coming after me, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, that main story about how he discovered who he was and, is very intriguing and interesting. So I'm going to write about that, but I don't know how far I'm going to go. Sounds like you need a pen name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's got me hooked on. I'm already ready to, I haven't even read the first two and I'm, I'm already going to get the third one just for that story. So, <laughs> well, that, that one's not that, that one's, that one's not in my, it, it'll be the fourth one, but the third one for Sussex. Oh, I have Sussex, Sussex County hauntings one, Sussex County hauntings two, Warren County hauntings one and now Sussex three that I'm working on. But let wow. me tell you something else has an interesting fact about the other, the other strange phenomena chapters, mm-hmm. right? It was only supposed to be Sussex County hauntings because that's what I was writing about. And then when I had all these people reaching out to me with stories, they were coming to me with stories about Bigfoot mm-hmm. and UFO wow. encounters in yeah. Sussex County. And I'm thinking, well, those are not ghost stories. I have to fit them into my book sometime somehow because they are so good mm-hmm. so i said you know what i'm going to add in the other strange phenomena because it'll fit perfectly and then i was able to throw those ufo accounts in there and bigfoot and the bigfoot chapter ended up being the biggest chapter because we have high point state mountain here and apparently he's all over the place so that was really good but i kept the other strange phenomena for all the other books because it enabled me to touch upon other topics that are not necessarily ghosts but that are intriguing and paranormal and strange so in the second book i talk about when people are with their deceased loved ones at their time of death or if they get visits from their deceased loved ones and those stories ended up being extremely poignant and heartfelt because it allowed everyone to see that there is something beyond death that they can look forward to so uh, i've gotten such wonderful feedback from those stories because it's touched people's hearts. And then in the Warren County hauntings and other strange phenomena, I decided to use those chapters to talk about near death experiences, which for me was an extremely uh, wonderful experience. I have to tell you that the people that I interviewed told me they'd only shared those, those stories with other near death experiencers because it was extremely traumatic for them. They did not want to come back here. They can't wait to leave, but they know they have to stay because they have a mission because there's a reason for them being here. And I have made some lifelong friends out of those interviews. I mean, I've had them say to me, your family now, you know what happened to me, your family. And I feel exactly that same connection with them from having them share those stories with me. And now with me writing Sussex County Hauntings 3, I'm going to be writing Incarnation, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, to know that the University of Virginia has over 2,000 cases that they've confirmed and verified, it's an undeniable fact that reincarnation is real. And I am going to be writing stories about people who know who they are from adults to five-year-old children who are talking to their parents about who they were before they came to live with their new mommy and daddy. Oh, wow. Well, that, that's another one that's going to grab me too. Yeah. See, <laughs> well, well, see, the, po- the point to having those other strange phenomena chapters. I mean, that's just some yeah. crazy cool stuff to talk about, right? Oh, definitely. 100% agree. 100% agree. That's going to be fantastic. We were going to ask you what you were working on, but you already answered that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Excellent. Did you want to tell us about your, uh, you got a podcast, don't you? I do. A friend, a friend put the, planted the seed. She said, you know what? You should, you should start your own Mm. podcast. And I was like, you know, I think I could really get into that. Well, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. You guys know exactly. It's like, what did I get myself into? But I can't, I can't stop because I just love talking to people and hearing their stories. Those edits kill me, man. Six hours for one episode. Holy cow. And then somebody tells me, well, you know what? You're going to get better as you get along. I really hope so, because I'm, I'm totally not techie at all. And I'm learning this as I go, but I'm having a blast and I'm getting good responses from people too. But she said, Oh, right. You know, get on there and, and start talking about your haunting stuff. And so it's called Eleanor Wagner's strange and scary world. And it's on the paranormal UK radio network. And I do talk about hauntings and I do have other topics that, that come up as subjects. I've been able to bring people that I've written about in the books on as guests, which is nice. And I started a Lady Ghostbusters series where you get to meet and, and learn about the Lady Ghostbuster team members, which is kind of cool because you, you see the person behind the picture and, and who that name is in that book and what what their history is, you know, how are they sensitive? What did they experience? You know, what did they do for a living? That kind of thing. And people have really enjoyed getting to know the team members as well. So it's been a blast. Well, that's because because I'm one, I go looking for good paranormal podcasts and there are a few out there, but there's not as many as you would think. So when Jamie mentioned your podcast, I thought, okay, going to jump on the bandwagon for that one as well. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, sometimes you think you're going to run out of subject matter and, I just feel like it's never ending. I mean, I always feel yeah. like there's something that we can talk about. I just, I can't see somebody saying you're going to run out of something and I don't want to be boring. I want it to be realistic. Mm-hmm. I want the stuff that I put on there to be true to life. And so when I f- speak to somebody who I find is interesting, I'm like, oh, would you want to come on my podcast? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Well, I have one, My now this is one question that's not on our list, but this is one that I've, I, I want to ask all of our guests when we interview them. Now, if you had an unlimited budget, absolutely unlimited budget, I know you spoke about wanting to go to Scotland and Ireland and everything like that, but if you if you were able to spend as much money as you want on one particular investigation that has, that you would, you know, even from history, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, the Black Dahlia, probably. Ah, yeah. Have you ever heard of that story? Yes, I have. Yeah. 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 Oh, that'd be good. This to you know go everywhere she went and try and yeah. figure out what the hell happened to her or yeah. why it happened. Oh, yeah, be- that's that's one. I'm a big Scot. I'm from Scotland <laughs> myself. Not I was born in Australia, but my my relatives are, are from Glasgow over in in Scotland. And my I, I've always wanted to investigate the the Loch Ness. I'm, I'm obsessed with Loch Ness. So that my dream 
That's why I ask this question to the guests because my dream is to go there. And if I had unlimited funds, I would move over there and I would study and I would try and unravel that mystery. Wow, that's so cool. And I definitely think that there's possibility that something there exists. I mean, I feel like they're constantly unearthing uh, new uh, critters and creatures that they've never even seen before in the ocean. What's to say that there's not something prehistoric that's looking like the Loch Ness Monster living living down below where we don't even know? Exactly. That's uh, speaking that's to right. my heart there. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Well, um, I think we, we might wrap it up, but um, do you want to uh, tell us where our listeners can learn more about you, your website? Um, buy your books. Yep, and all that stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I would love that. Well, my website is www.authoreleanorwagner.com. That's E-L-E-A-N-O-R-W-A-G-N-E-R. And when you get on there, you can go right to Amazon from there. You can get signed copies directly from me. You can get it on eBay. I'd say all the local area bookstores, but not in Australia, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I've had trouble putting my own book in those stores, but um, yeah. <laughs> Amazon. Uh, and then, you, and, and as I said to you, you can you can come and listen to me on the Paranormal UK Radio Network. It's Eleanor Wagner, Strange and Scary World. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. And Thank um, you. anytime you want to come back with more stories to scare the bejesus out of us, um, you're well, more than welcome to. <laughs> well thank you so much i appreciate the invite and thank you so much for the support i hope you enjoy those books and if you don't oh, mind giving them a review on the forum i would really appreciate us authors really need those reviews yeah 100 yeah. percent. i'll be starting the first one this evening and um yeah i got i'll i'll definitely be putting reviews up about it thank you so much i really appreciate it Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to support Stories the True and the Fictional, you can do so by heading on over to buymeacoffee.com slash S-T-T-A-T-F. That's the acronym for Stories the True and the Fictional there. You can do a one-time donation or sign up for a monthly membership. Whatever you're comfortable with. With your support, we can keep this show up and running and bring you the awesome content we do every week. So if you can, head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash S-T-T-A-T-F. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Stories, the True and the Fictional.